0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, March 18th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Western governments have mounted a multi-trillion dollar blitz to limit the economic fallout from the coronavirus. FT's Rana Faruhar will walk us through what the proposed measures might mean for Wall Street and for Main Street. Plus, the plant-based meat startup Impossible Foods raised hundreds of millions of dollars, despite volatile financial markets. And Joe Biden solidified his frontrunner status to take on Donald Trump in November. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. U.S. and European stocks rallied on Tuesday. This was after Western governments, from the White House to the Lise to 10 Downing Street, pledged trillions of dollars to help with the economic fallout from the coronavirus pandemic. The Trump administration alone proposed a $1.2 trillion stimulus package to Congress. This was on top of two smaller pieces of legislation. Between the three plans, Americans could see, among other things, guaranteed paid sick leave, funding for coronavirus testing, and even checks sent directly to citizens. Meanwhile, some of the largest economies in and around Europe announced plans to prop up business and protect households yesterday. Britain, for one, unveiled a £330 billion package of emergency business loan guarantees and £20 billion of fiscal support. On the central bank front, the Federal Reserve launched additional crisis measures to shore up financial markets. Showing how seriously it's taking the situation, the U.S. central bank revived a credit facility for approved dealers of government debt that was last used during the 08 financial crisis. Earlier on Tuesday, it ramped up interventions in the repurchase market and eased some pressures on corporate America by agreeing to buy commercial paper. So what does all this intervention amount to? Here's the FT's global business columnist, Rana Faruhar.
1: The bottom line is we've had a decade of easy money policy. We've had central bankers telling us for two years that they were not going to have the firepower for the next crisis and that politicians would have to step up and really come forward with pretty big fiscal stimulus packages. And the markets told us we like this, but we need more.
0: And the the U.S. is coming at it with a pretty big proposal, as I mentioned earlier, a proposed $1.2 trillion. Rana, who needs it right now?
1: Who needs the aid most? Individuals and small businesses. Everybody's hurting right now, but the weakest individuals, contingency workers, gig workers, folks that are employees in areas like restaurants, you know, these are the people that are really, really going to be hurting if they can't get paid because their businesses are entirely shut down. And if you look at the last jobs report, 48% of the jobs growth was in low end services. The largest chunk of that was restaurant workers. So we're talking about a lot of people that are going to be essentially living on fumes. And as we all know, about half the U.S. population is vulnerable, could not raise more than $1,000 in the midst of a crisis in liquid assets. So that's who
0: really needs it the most. And so, so these checks that the Trump administration is considering sending to the American people, first of all, that's an unprecedented move for a Republican president. Second, will this work?
1: The idea of having the government come in and try and replace the demand that has brutally withdrawn by both consumers and companies, yeah, we need that to happen. That's fiscal stimulus. Is handing every single American the exact same amount of money, a $1,000, the way to do it? I don't really think so. I think it should be much more targeted. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I'm lucky enough to have a full-time benefited job. I don't need $1,000 right now. The guy who delivered my pizza last night probably does. I think we need to be a little bit more focused on the pain points, the most urgent ones right now, and perhaps not have such a sweeping public handout, particularly not when we, we don't understand how it's going to be deployed and that people might simply not be spending right now.
0: And Rana, in something you wrote recently, you quote the managing director of Credit Suisse, who says, quote, QE isn't a vaccine for this outbreak. If that's the case, what should be done? Well,
1: I mean, really, that question gets to the heart of this divide between Wall Street and Main Street. And it has to be said that, yes, we are in the middle of what is now looks like definitely a recession that was triggered by a real economy event, this virus. We were even before that in a sort of a market in which Wall Street was way up here on steroids from easy money, tax cuts, stock buybacks, and Main Street was sort of down here. And I think that we're now, because of this collapse, beginning to see that divide much more sharply. And you know, companies of all kinds are under pressure. That's going to result in more downgrades. That's going to potentially create a market event that then tank stocks, makes people feel poorer. I mean, these are all things that monetary policy alone that QE can't really solve. It can't create demand in the economy. It can just print more money. That itself is going to have effects, I think, longer term down the road. But right now, it's kind of all hands on deck, monetary and fiscal.
0: As restaurants and bars are shut across the U.S. and in other parts of the world, one area of the food business has actually been able to raise new funding. A company that rode the wave of popularity of plant-based burgers, Impossible Foods, has raised $500 million in a round that closed last week. Chief Financial Officer David Lee said that Impossible Foods needed to prepare for the impacts of the outbreak, and added that the company would be able to handle any short-term shocks. Demand is expected to be affected as restaurants remain empty, with food sales forecast to fall sharply. One investor in Beyond Meat, a rival to Impossible Foods, said the impact on Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods will be huge. Impossible Foods has not disclosed its valuation based on the recent capital raising, but Beyond Meat lost about half its value from a month ago. It's now trading at $61.80 a share. And despite the spread of the coronavirus, voters came out to the polls for the latest Democratic presidential primaries to choose a 2020 White House candidate, even as public officials encouraged people to stay home and avoid large gatherings. Yesterday, three states, Illinois, Florida, and Arizona, decided between Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders and former Vice President Joe Biden. The early results put heavy pressure on Mr. Sanders to exit the race. At the time of this recording, and with votes in Arizona still to be tallied, Mr. Biden had won decisive victories in Illinois and Florida. Florida is a crucial state in the election process. It has the fourth highest number of delegates behind California, New York, and Texas. Ohio was supposed to hold a poll yesterday, but postponed its primary due to concerns over the coronavirus. Primaries that were supposed to be held in Louisiana, Georgia, Kentucky, and Maryland in March and April have also been postponed. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news.